thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. So this is uh, Zechariah 2 verses, I don't know, 1 to 13. A man with a measuring line. Then I looked up, and there before me was a man with a measuring line in his hand. I asked, where are you going? He answered me, to measure Jerusalem, to find out how wide and how long it is. While the angel who was speaking to me and was leaving, another angel came to meet him and said to him, Ron, tell that young man, Jerusalem will be a city without walls because of the great number of people and animals in it. And I myself will be a wall of fire around it, declares the Lord, and I will be its glory within. Come, come, flee from the land of the north, declares the Lord, for I have scattered you to the four winds of heaven, declares the Lord. Come, Zion, escape, you who live in daughter Babylon, for this is what the Lord Almighty says. After the glorious one has sent me against the nations that have plundered you, for whoever touches you touches the apple of his eye. I will surely raise my hand against them so that their slaves will plunder them. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me. Shout and be glad, daughter Zion, for I am coming and I will live among you, declares the Lord. Many nations will be joined with the Lord in that day and will become my people. I will live among you and you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. The Lord will inherit Judah. Sorry. The Lord will inherit Judah and his portion in the Holy Land, and will again choose Jerusalem. Be still before the Lord, all mankind, because he has roused himself from his holy dwelling. Okay, I've got a bit of a prophetic T-shirt on today. Okay, you might see. This is a bit of a a bit of a stumbling block sometimes, isn't it? Listening. When we choose not to listen. We're erecting walls, and walls have been around a long time. You know, I did a bit of research on walls, and you'd be, it's fascinating. Fascinating. Walls can be used to keep people out. Generally, they're used to protect. The Berlin Wall, the main aim of the Berlin Wall, was to keep people in. And actually, that wall has been torn down. And when the walls get torn down, there is freedom. And so when we don't listen, we can erect a wall. Another wall we do sometimes is we build walls for our own safety and protection. We think, I've let people close before and I was hurt, so I'm going to build a wall. I don't want that to happen again. Well, that isn't the best thing. Sometimes our walls can be excuses. We might build excuses in and say, well... You know, I'd love to go to the ladies' day, but it's a Saturday and it's my only day off. And, and actually, excuses can become walls. I'm not just saying that for ladies, that's just an example I thought of. I can make excuses. I can think, you know, 
Don't feel like doing that today. And I build a wall, yeah? We all build walls. Sometimes it's defensive for protection and safety. Sometimes it's to keep people out. There was a clamor for a certain wall in the USA. I don't know if it's still ongoing, but that was to keep drugs out and to keep supposedly disreputable people out, depending on who you listen to. The Great Wall of China. What do you know about the Great Wall of China? That's not true. There you go. So that is an urban myth. It's a common misconception. It cannot apparently be seen from space. Yet everybody quotes this fact. So walls can be built on lies. Actually, apparently it's a myth. But many people building that wall were effectively slaves and died and were harmed. So building walls can bring hurt. Are you with me? Walls aren't great, are they? They can be good, but they can be not good. Do you know what my favourite wall is? Walls ice cream. There you go. <laughs> okay? Just one cornetto, give it to me. That's fine. But we're often obsessed with walls. We're obsessed with building walls. Zechariah, in I told you last week he's a bit strange. Okay? I'm not going to read every verse of Zechariah. Please go away and read it for yourself. Google some of the stuff. Go to the old to new material on the website that Jeff's written. He's a strange man sometimes, but God used his dreams. He had very strange dreams. I think he ate too much cheese before bedtime. But he has a vision, and in chapter 2, he has a vision. And first of all, he sees a man with a measuring line. And he's going to measure Jerusalem. Now that tool, the measuring line, would have been used to survey Jerusalem. It was in ruins. Remember, they were rebuilding the city. And basically this man is coming to say, right, I'm going to set it back how it used to be. We're going to measure it so its boundaries are where they were. However, there's a promise in that. There's a promise that the city will get back to its potential, that it will be restored. So there's the first promise in this passage. There's a promise that God will restore. There's a promise for us today. God will restore. Throughout the Bible it says God will restore. He will rebuild. Whatever you've lost, whatever you're struggling with, he will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. God is promising full restoration of the city. But more than that, because this man is interrupted by another messenger who says, whoa, 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 whoa. It's not about just what it used to be. It's not about just restoration to what it was. There's more than that. We need to celebrate today because Jesus, and in Jesus, is the promise of full restoration, yeah? Full restoration. We've got evidence over there of a man. The songs this morning have been incredibly appropriate for what I'm going to share. Donna doesn't know what I'm going to speak on all the time. I give her a little theme if she, if she asks me. But actually, the songs have been so amazing. But Jesus promises full restoration. But actually, it says one day we will be changed. So it's not just restoration to what was, it's more than. It's greater than. It's better than. The promise is more than. In that Jerusalem that Zechariah sees in his vision, things are different. The first thing he sees is a city without walls. Walls aren't great. They keep things at bay. Maybe they protect you. Maybe through COVID particularly you've put up walls. Maybe there's someone that's upset you or offended you. Or maybe you've got hurt and you build a wall. And the problem is that wall limits. That wall limits because it only takes you to where it used to be. Jesus says, I've got more than. I've got more than. Don't limit what I can do. He sees a city without walls. In other words, it's so big that it can't be contained. 
The walls can't contain it. It says there's so many people and animals in it that you couldn't possibly build a wall in it. What does that tell me about God? It tells me he's a God of abundance. He's a God of overflow. You know, overflow is not always good. Ross, I play football on a Tuesday night, and my wife is amazing because I'm nearly 50 now, although it's hard to believe. I can still play, but my recovery is really, really long. And on Tuesday night, I didn't have my bath. And I need a bath. But one time, she set the bath running and forgot about it. And that overflow, do you know, the water was in our dining room. In that situation, that's not good. But isn't it amazing if you just want to contain it in a bath? But actually, it fills the whole house. Not the water, but the presence of God. God doesn't want us to build walls and contain him. He doesn't want us to limit what he can do. When this building was being bidded on at the auction, Alan Docker had like a twitchy hand. <laughs> We'd gone saying, what's God saying as a church? Is he saying we limit the amount we pay for this building? Or is he saying, I want you to have that building, so go for it? And we believed as a leadership and as a church that God was saying, just go for it. That's a scary place to be. But you know what? God has been blessing and shown us that that was the right thing ever since. Because God is not a God who wants to be limited. He does not want us to build walls. He does not want us to put barriers between us and other people or between him and God. Abundance, overflow, more than. That's what this city is about. This city of God is about more than. More than what it was. But surely, you might say, all those people need protection. We need to protect ourselves against attack. We need to protect ourselves against outsiders. What does it say to Zechariah? It says, a city without wall, walls, but he says it's a city where God himself is the protection. It says he will surround the people. He, and God is limitless. He's not going to keep you in that little small confine. He is going to give you an open, spacious place. He's the God of the overflow. He's the God of all creation, the whole universe. He sees a city without walls, but a city protected by God himself. He will be our rear guard. He goes before, he stands behind, he sits with it. He moves with it. I myself will do it. It doesn't need man-made walls. We don't need to build these barriers. We don't need to, to, to put up our defences because he will be our defence. I read a comment this week, and this is in my notes, I'm going to try and remember it very carefully. Let me think. Perhaps I shouldn't have started that, I should have thought about it and then said it, because now I'm going to go, oh. In God, if we need to defend ourselves, then maybe we're wrong. Because actually with God, we don't need a defense. Without God, we need defense. And actually, it doesn't need man-made walls, it just needs the Lord. We play football, as I said on the Tuesday night, and Peter Docker here although he's had heart operations, anybody runs into Peter Docker, they bounce off. <laughs> actually, this week, you actually went down, didn't you? I think it's the first time I've seen you go. Should, should I say that in front of your wife? <laughs> does, she, does she know how strenuous you get? Are you allowed to, sorry, confessions now. I should have asked you that. If you've ever seen Peter in defence, he's, he's a strong, rugged man, you know? And even big guys can run into him and go, Ding! We don't need anyone in defence other than Peter Docker. Most of the time. Yeah? If you've got me and Peter, well, that's a quite a big wall to get past. It takes him about five days to run around me. That's fine. We don't need any other wall. We just need that person, 
that's like running into a brick wall. If you go on YouTube and Google rugby players running into brick walls, right, then you'll see footage of people running down the field and going, <laughs> it's quite entertaining. Jesus, God, is our wall. Anyone running into him is going to go, doing. We don't need man-made walls. We don't need to build them ourselves. And we can build plenty in our lives. What walls are we building at the moment? What walls do you know? And as I'm saying this, you're going, yeah, I know exactly what walls I've built. What walls have you built in your life? What walls, what excuses have you made? You might have very good grounding and reason for some of those excuses. But God says, give them to me. Cast, my, cast your cares onto me. Cast your excuses onto me. Cast your burdens onto me. And walk with me. He is the wall. Are we trying to keep people out or are we trying to simply protect and defend ourselves? Maybe we've tried to live without walls before. And we've been hurt. And so we've started to build bigger walls to stop that. But when we build walls, we stop the possibility of expansion. When we build walls, we stop the possibility of overflow. When we build walls, we stop the possibility of abundance. Now, one of the things we used to say about the old building was that we'll never expand beyond those walls. And it was true. We regularly filled up to the, to the boundaries we were in. We regularly filled the place and filled the place. People left and filled the place. And we felt the move was needed to be able to spread out a little bit. And actually, when we moved down here, there's been more abundance. God has blessed us with more. Not just people, stories, financially, people to do things. God has given us more than because our walls have spread out. Now, in our lives, just stop building the walls. We can inhibit the overflow, inhibit the blessing, stop things from growing what they should be like, and simply because we overprotect with man-made walls. Maybe we take a measuring line to our lives, like that man, and we say, right, I want it to be just so. I want my life to look like this. I used to be here, and I want to be there again. Or you might say, I'd like it to be this shape, this size, this is my, not my body, this is my vision, okay? I would like my body to be this shape and this size. But we sort of limit God, because we say, God, do what I want. Yeah, what does the Bible say? Your will be done. Stop building the walls. Easy to say, not easy to do. Maybe we say we just want back what we've had. I've measured what I used to have, I want it back. Yet God says there's more. Psalm 23 verse 5, very famous psalm, says this, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Why? Because God has allowed to work in his life. That's why his cup overflows. Because he stopped building the walls. Notice the beginning of that bit. He's eating a feast in front of his enemies. The people who he needs protection from. The people who are coming at him. The people he needs to be defensive with. He's sat eating a feast. Do you get that? And what happens? His cup overflows. Even in the presence of my enemies. I stick, raise a hallelujah. That's the song, isn't it? In the presence of my enemies. Proverbs 3, verses 9 to 10 says this. Honour the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. 
Then your bars will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. The Bible is full of examples of when we allow God to have his way and his will, then the abundance comes. It doesn't necessarily mean prosperity and finances. It means more of him. What could be greater in our lives than more of him? Yeah. What are you seeking for? What are you looking for? What are you building walls against? We need more of Jesus. A city without walls, but with more than a wall. Here it says, the Lord will be the wall. I say, bring on the wall. But not our wall, his. Allow him to be all we need, surrounding us without our own limits. Allow him to be the boundary line. Allow him to be the protector. Yeah. That's what Zechariah is saying. Don't limit God. He's the protector. So this vision he has is of Jerusalem restored, but it's more than that. It's not just about the city for Judah in the near distance. It's about a vision of the future, of a new Jerusalem that is so big and vast that it is impossible to contain with so many people that the only protection it will need is God himself. And there's a reminder here because it talks about him being a wall of fire. What does that remind them of? It reminds them of the Exodus. As they went from Egypt to the Promised Land, they were guided by God in the form of fire. They were protected by God in the form of fire. They could see in the dark because of God in the fire. So you might think, well, Johnny, I need to build these walls because I'm in a very dark place. It's very difficult. You don't understand what it's like to be me. No. You don't understand what it's like to be Ross. She lives with me. You don't understand what it's like to be me. But you know what? My experience tells me that whenever I give it to God, things are better. Whenever I give it to God, things are better. The reminder of the fire is protection in the past. What have they needed as they've walked across a desert where they could be attacked, where they could be taken, where they could be pillaged, where they could be robbed, where they could experience all manner of difficulties? They just needed God. They just needed his guidance, his protection. He's done it in the past and he will do it again. The fire protects, doesn't it? It surrounds, it stops harm, it stops damage, it stops anyone from hurting the people within. It was a guide to allow progress even when it got dark. If you read in the Exodus, it threw the opposition into disarray. So those people you're worried about letting in, let God. Because he throws the opponents into disarray. He throws those that come against him into chaos. It was a comfort. And here, not only is it just a column that goes before, we're talking about a total surrounding. We sing that song that Ian loves. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. That's what Zechariah is seeing. A place where God completely and utterly encompasses and completely and utterly surrounds. A city without walls, but with a wall that is more than. And then the third thing he sees is a city with glory at its heart. Not only will God surround the people in this future, he'll be right at the heart of it. He'll be right at the heart of it. What is God's glory? Well, after the Israelites had crossed the Red Sea, Miriam, Moses' sister, sang this song. And in the middle it says this, Exodus 15, verse 11. Who among the gods is like you, Lord? 
who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders. She sang that because the Israelites had seen all of Egypt's other gods get knocked down. That was the purpose of the plagues. If you ever wonder, why on earth did God mess around with these ten plagues and not just get on with it? Partly because he likes to teach us patience and he works in our waiting. But also, every single one of those plagues dealt with one of the Egyptian gods. Every single one of those plagues that showed that God was in charge dealt with one of the things the Egyptians worshipped. Whether it was fertility gods, whether it was the god of the Nile that turned to blood and they couldn't do anything about it, God could. Whether it was the god of darkness or the light, the sun, or the world turned to darkness, they couldn't worship the sun because it wasn't about the sun, it's about the sun. It wasn't at that point, but it was about the sun that was to come. So the plagues were to knock down all those different gods and Miriam sings, who among the gods is like you, Lord? Because they'd seen God go bang, 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 bang. There's no point in worshipping those because God was greater. God was bigger. Majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, and working wonders. They saw miracles of escape and protection. Even the elements protected them. The fire and the cloud protected them. They didn't need walls. They were a company on the move. They didn't need to build the walls. Awesome in glory. He will be the glory in the city. It won't be something that's fake or just a vision of glory. It won't just be glimpses of the glory that we see as we go. It will be glory. Glory. Wow. I saw a video last night of someone sharing the Northern Lights. Anyone seen the Northern Lights? Okay. I've never seen them, but when I see videos, I just think, oh, it doesn't look real. Anyone else think that? It doesn't look real, does it? But when you've seen it, I'm sure it's amazing, yeah? Yeah? Wow. To me, the northern lights are just the landing lights, I think. I think that's north in our house. 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verses 13 to 14, describes the glory and what the glory of God is all about. It says this, The trumpeters and musicians joined in unison to give praise and thanks to the Lord, accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments. The singers raised their voices in praise to the Lord and sang, He is good, his love endures forever. Then the temple of the Lord was filled with the cloud, and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the temple of God. God's glory stops even the most important people in the most important duties, and he stops them still. That's how amazing God's glory is. If you've ever been on the streets of London when suddenly all of a sudden the traffic stops, the pedestrian stops and you see this blue light come, motorbike first, what do you know is coming? The Queen. Because everything stops for the Queen in her car. Do you know the glory of God is greater than that? It doesn't just stop the, the traffic on London, it stops the universe. The glory of God will stop even the most important people in the duty of importance. God's glory will make everything else stop in awe and wonder. Do we want to see it? Yeah. Stop building walls. Stop building walls. You want to see God's glory in your life? Stop building walls. Stop making excuses. Stop putting things in the way. Stop saying, yeah, but when? Or, yeah later or when this is done put God's glory at the center 
we can be protected by him personally. That's what Zechariah is saying. Don't be content with just a simple restoration of what was. Today you could give your life to Jesus. You could say, yes, I want to follow him. And he will restore to you the life that you, you need to have. But he wants you to have more than that. He wants you to go beyond that. He wants you to grow in that life. He wants you not just to be protected by him personally, but he wants you to be surrounded with glory restored right at the center of everything you do. There's a promise and a key verse in Zechariah. And it says this. We'll go back to Zechariah just to read the key verse. Verse 10 says this. You ready? This is hundreds of years before Jesus. Shout and be glad, daughter Zion, that I am coming and I will live amongst you. I am coming and I will live amongst you. Not just his glory, but the very person of God in a body. The promise of Jesus, the promise of Messiah, the promise of greater to come, the promise of more than ever before. But they didn't all get it. They didn't all get to experience the promise that was Jesus. Why? Because they built walls and said, he's not what we thought he would be. He's not what we assumed. He doesn't fit our idea of what Jesus should be. He doesn't fit our idea of what the Messiah is. So I'm going to reject it. So they didn't get to experience the glory in their midst. They put walls around their rules. They put walls around their thoughts. And they limited what they believed Jesus would be. Let's stop limiting God. In our lives, in our church, in our day-to-day, -day, let's stop limiting who he is and what he can do. They put walls around everything and they ended up missing out on actually seeing and experiencing this very promise that was given to them. Do you see that? This promise was for God's people. I will live amongst you. And they missed out. Instead they shouted crucify him. Instead they said... <laughs> Hello? <laughs> they missed out... On this very promise. Just answer it. Shall I have it? I'll speak to them. It's Tim. Tell him he should be at church. <laughs> okay. Tell him he's distracted everybody now with his phone call. Right. But they missed, end up missing out on everybody. They, everybody missed out on the promise. You're with me now, aren't you? Yeah? I've lost my train of thought a little bit. The last promise says many nations, one people. Not just I'm going to live amongst you, but many nations of one people will be in this city without walls, surrounded by me. Not just the Israelites, not just Judah. A promise for the future. Many nations. That includes us. The promise is for us. Many nations will be united. How will they be united? Because they'll be surrounded by the Lord. Because they'll be surrounded and his glory will dwell in their midst. They will gather around the one who lives and walks among them. And the last thing is the priority. And I'll finish with this. I've been trying to squeeze it in. I think I've done all right. The last thing it says is this. Be still before the Lord, all mankind, because he has roused himself from his holy dwelling. Be still. The priority today from Zechariah, be still. Now you might think that just means be quiet. In fact, the version that, that was put up on there said, be quiet. Well, actually, being still is one way to discover who he is and who we are. Being still 
might be difficult sometimes. This week has been quite stressful for some of the ladies organising it. The worship band were here till very late on Friday night, and by the time we got to Saturday, we were all a bit like, Ugh. and this morning we are all a bit like, even more. How is it easy to be still in that situation? Well, we need to understand what be still means. Because it doesn't just mean shut up. And some of you are thinking, Johnny, be still. The work for this weekend was important. It had to be done. But there still needs to be stillness before God. It isn't just about relaxing and chilling out. In fact, the word for be still is the Hebrew word rapper. And I don't mean yo, yo, yo. Okay? It actually means, sorry. Anyone under 45 now is cringing me. It means to cease, to put down, to stop. Fighting. It's a word that was used to separate two people in a squabble who were fighting and getting into fisticuffs. Stop. Cease. Be still. It would be used in that situation. Jesus used it to still the storm. Stop. Stop fighting. The waves stop fighting each other. Be still. It's a word used to acknowledge that our trust in the midst of battle and difficulty, when we're surrounded by our enemies or difficulties, our trust needs to be in his protection. It needs to be in his strength to stop striving and allowing to work. Psalm 46, and with this I nearly finish. Honest. <coughs> psalm 46 is the psalm that says, be still and know that I am God. Famous, yeah? We all think, oh yes. Be still. <laughs> Shall we read some of the verses that come before it? God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. This psalm was written in the midst of trouble, difficulty. It says, therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Trouble, struggle. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Trouble, struggle. It goes on to say, nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. Come and see what the Lord has done. He makes wars cease. Be still. To the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. That is what Zechariah is talking about. Not a chilled, quiet moment, but in the midst of fighting, in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of struggle, God says, be still, stop, cease. Stop fighting. Sometimes we might be fighting him. That might be the wall we're putting up. We're fighting what he's telling us. He says, be still. Priority this morning, the promises, he's been walked amongst us and he lives in us through his spirit. That's the promise. The priority is stop fighting. Stop building walls. Stop putting blocks in place. Stop going against what he's always told you. Stop fighting and allow him to be your more than enough. Stop striving in your own power and strength. Stop limiting yourself and God with the walls we build up and give thanks for the overflow of his abundance because he promised.
promises to protect our very souls. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you are good. I thank you that you are enough. And Father, I pray, Lord, that we will stop putting barriers in front of you. I pray, Lord, that we will be content to be still, to stop fighting, to stop building walls around our hearts and to allow you to be the one we need, to sit and have a feast with you, even in the midst of our enemies, even in the midst of trouble. We'll allow you to say, be still, cease, stop. Father God, if there's anyone in this place this morning or watching live that needs to hear that message, I pray, Lord, that they will not put up a wall and stop themselves from listening. I pray, Lord, they will not put a barrier up that says, mm, yeah, you're right, Johnny, but no, I don't want to hear you. Father God, break through. Break through. Let us hear you this morning.